be stuck, but only until it is no longer productive for you to be stuck. And when it is no longer productive for you to be stuck, stuck, this is where we step in. So. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Until tomorrow, No Code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello. My name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice. And now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get from experts and from the experiences of other makers, the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets, so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. My guest today is an educator in the true sense of the word. His name is Harris Robin Kalash, and from being a CTO to educating in Concordia boot camps, from React Native Radio, to being a digital nomad, Harris prides himself in in doing the work that is necessary to let people know how to build no-code projects that work. And today, we will talk no-code, his journey, the ups and downs, and all that is in between. Harris, how are you today? Hey, Abdulaziz, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm glad I was looking forward to speaking with you today. And to give a bit of background, what is the story, the journey, the steps that brought you to who you are today? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a great question. So um, I actually am a developer originally. So I did not start uh, in no code. I actually started building uh, apps by writing code. And I I used to be a CTO of a startup called Uplet based in Montreal. And uh, I slowly realized that every time I, you know, th- there were a lot of clients uh, that would come my way that would end up with really complicated uh, solutions uh, that they wouldn't be able to manage or maintain to run their businesses. And and really all they really wanted was something simple that they could come in, manage it, uh, something uh, more cost-effective, uh, less complicated, where they didn't necessarily have to rely on developers. So this is when I really started looking at no-code as a solution for them. And it's it, it's interesting because uh, you know th- th- there's a lot of uh, developers that uh, kind of like frown upon no code because you know as a developer you sort of pride yourself in in in, in your work but uh, 
I found that a lot of these no-code solutions actually ended up performing better than uh, what a lot of uh, business owners or first-time entrepreneurs end up with when they when they hire developers uh, overseas or, or something like that. So um, ultimately, uh, what happened is I suggested uh, to one of my clients that they go with a no-code solution. So we built their entire web app, CRM using tools like Webflow and Bubble. And from there, I, I really saw the, the potential. And more recently, uh, I actually teach at Concordia Bootcamps, which is a development bootcamp. But uh, more recently, I decided that I'm going to teach uh, non-technical founders how to build uh, their apps without relying on developers. So That's having wonderful. Business- and one second, since you're a specialist, I will take this opportunity I had Yeet Onai on uh, one of the interviews before this, and he's a non-technical person who is using no-code, and his argument was no-code is not a scalable solution. What it is, it's like a way to prototype so that you can prove that your idea is good, and then you scale through low-code, and then when it's working very well, you move to full code. Is that what you view no-code as? Because he viewed it as a, a great thing that puts in the hands of no-coders no a lot of power, but it's limited. It's much more for proving that your idea works quickly, but the holy grail will always be full coding. What do you think about this? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I fully agree with that. I think it depends on uh, what the problem you're solving is. Uh, there's new and new solutions that are coming out that you know could be very scalable for your particular problem. So, for example, uh, the previous client I had uh, really just needed a way to manage uh, their leads, sort of like a custom CRM, uh, and and. Needed, they needed to automate certain business workflows, right? So that was for them. That was scalable enough. That now, is their business ever going to be uh, Uber scale or Facebook scale? No, but for what they needed, as so, what they do is they do bachelor parties in Montreal, uh, Quebec. Uh, for what they needed to do, uh, you know, it was more than enough. I also think that more and more specialized tools are coming out, uh, especially with low-code. So I, I do agree with with sort of scaling with low-code, like uh, like he had mentioned. But uh, I, I think yeah, I, I think you'd be surprised how far this could take you before you need to actually build uh, a custom solution with code. And I, I guess that's a pro- good problem to have if, you, if you've reached a point where you've uh, exhausted the tools and you really need to write custom code, that's, that's probably a good problem. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I remember he was talking about his predictions for the future that a lot more, you know, many more powerful tools will come up. Therefore, it's no, you know, it's not a good idea to keep uh, trying to say, oh, this tool is better than this tool and this tool is the best because in the future, there will be a lot of power in many of the existing tools as well as new ones. And therefore, we shouldn't fall in love with the tool, but rather with that exciting uh, thing that we can do, taking an idea in one weekend, turning it into something that works, that users can play with and show us the results. And to ask you, 
Are you more of an educator right now, or do you have your own no-code projects that are used by the public or offered to B2B or something like that? Right now, I'm more of an educator, so um, I I, uh, I I still teach at a, at a bootcamp at Concordia Bootcamps, um, and now I'm more, I'm transitioning to uh, delivering my online courses. So no, no code is actually this no code project build no code.app is actually the first, uh, like online course that I'm going to release. So typically I, I teach like synchronous, uh, courses. So, uh, daily lectures, you know, um, group projects and so on and so on. Uh, so I haven't That's yet. Wonderful. Done, yeah. I, I want to help you because, you know, I'm, I'm specialist in like creating engaging marketing and making offers more solid and all that. And I remember I commented on the ad or the promotional material that you are doing for it. So let's quickly, uh, there is like a, um, a bit of a shortcut process to a, to a strong offer. So let's, you know, go through it and make it even more powerful so that when you talk about it and write about it and you mention these elements, people will think, wow, that is a good offer. Although the messaging, we don't have it yet, which will make it even better. But okay, you're offering. What is exactly that people will receive? I'm not talking about benefits or anything. The first step Mm -hmm. is what is the thing that they will get when they will join on your training? Yeah, so so uh, uh, essentially, uh, the way I structured the course is I uh, built I, I I built a real estate uh, listing business uh, from uh, start to finish, kind of like Airbnb, but uh, more something like you know a real estate company that owns real estate would manage their listing, receive leads, and all this stuff, and. What I taught is, uh, what I'm teaching is everything you need to know to build that. So like, for example, the most recent module uh, that I just worked on uh, yesterday actually is data modeling. So data modeling is something you learn, uh, you know, in computer science, software engineering, uh, you know, database design. Uh, but it is something that you still need to know when you're building no code, right? You need to know how to, yeah. how, Yeah how to model your data because it's going to help you immensely down the road. And it, it's actually something that I found lacking in the tools out there where, yeah, um, yeah people. I love that. That's, yeah. that's called depositioning. You have to mention that, that right. what yeah, is that's... lacking in, in, in the tools. It's, you know, because we have positioning and depositioning in marketing. Right. And depositioning means what is lacking there in the market that you're filling or fulfilling. And that's what you're saying exactly. The other tools they're lacking. What exactly? The data modeling, or explain it to to no coders who might not know what it means or what it's useful for, as well, please. Yeah. So, so in any uh, application, really, you know, you have data, and uh, you, you essentially have a group of entities, and you have to define their relationship amongst each other. So, for example. You know, if you look at Twitter, you have uh, users, but then a user can have uh, followers, which are just other users. Uh, and um, you can even have, um, you know, degrees of connection and or you have tweets. So all these entities, how do they relate with each other? And uh, what kind of data types do we want to use for, for everything? So, for example... Um, uh, you you know again in in, uh, in computer science you'll learn uh, the 
primitive. So uh, string, number, Boolean, uh, undefined. Um, knowing knowing what to use for every data type. So if you're, let's say you're, uh, again, we're talking about tweets, or uh, let's even say we're talking about, yeah, so let's stick to tweets for this example. Uh, the number of tweets or the date, using the right data type is important because if you use a string for the number of tweets or the number of followers, you won't necessarily be able to perform math on it. So knowing knowing uh, what type of uh, data type to use and the relationship between different entities in your data model, um, th that's what it comes down to. And it's okay, essentially, but, yeah. Yes, and that's what the technical person would say. But as a marketer, yeah. I would say, what will be the benefit? So what? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. Uh, the, the 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 benefit really is that if you don't, so if you manage to get your data model correct early, you're going to struggle much less down the road because um, a bad data model can be expensive in many ways. It can be expensive in uh, you know uh, speed. Your application can be slower if your data is not modeled correctly. That's one. Yeah, um, yeah. E even even uh, in in um, what you can do with the data from an analytics perspective or reporting and all this stuff. So uh, it's not. It's also not the end of the world if you don't get it right uh, at the beginning. But but definitely getting it close or right at the beginning can can save you a lot of time down the road. So that that I would say is the biggest benefit. Okay, what kind of time is it like? In coding, you call it debugging time, or is it rebuilding time, or what time would be saved by this? So yes, uh, decoding and debugging time for sure. If if your data model uh, doesn't make sense with what you're trying to achieve, you might have to go back. And uh, rebuild it, or, or, or you know, sort of see what's going on. The other aspect is, you know, your application could could be slower, right? At the end of the day, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so that that's that's more time. Um, that's 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 okay. something the user will pay for it, better than you. Yes, I'll take it. So one step further, I will say, in this day and age, you where people have the attention span of. Uh, uh, goldfish or whatever <laughs> if your application isn't fast they will just get frustrated and leave and go to your competitors that's one and the second you cannot scale if you need to be reworking the kinks and because in systems theory it's much 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 superior to build the system right from the beginning than to keep tinkering with it because you'll keep missing things and you try to fix something it will break another thing and then you don't know why and that creates a whole mess that even if you build a good idea wrong what happens is you cannot scale it unless you pay a lot to redo it and maybe the magic was somewhere that you didn't recapture in the second version and you fail yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah. this is this is okay this is beautiful we will speak about that but you know another question which is about the offer what in the world makes building what you offer like right you know what what changes in the world what dynamics what trends what a state of mm -hmm. what's you know like what yeah. happened right now that makes this a good time to be doing uh, what you're teaching people 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I, I guess a few things. You know, having taught in boot camps, um, I started I started realizing, you know, like boot camps are telling people, um, you know, learn how to code. Everyone is being told to learn how to code, but I don't think it's necessarily realistic to, um, you know, tell everyone, you know, just learn how to code. There's all sorts of uh, stakeholders and, and and people who are working with data in, in companies that they just need to automate or, you know, do certain processes independently. And a lot of them are stuck or, you know, at the mercy of, of uh, developers that might be slow, slow to answer, expensive. And, 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 and really, there's all these tools that exist now that can literally liberate all that data or, you know, make, make it easy for them to work. There's even a startup called Retool that I was recently looking at uh, that allows them to work with, uh, build like custom dashboards with their data uh, really quickly without relying on developers. And I still see a lot of um, even non-technical founders, uh, just non-technical people at companies uh, who just aren't aware that, uh, you know, they, they can put these tools together and they're not necessarily going to learn how to code. Um, okay, so. that's beautiful, but it will be a mix of two things because one, if they are in a company, let's say they're a CTO and their employees will use it, they will not really care whether it's slow or, or not. So that will yeah. destroy the depositioning and then, which means it's yeah. not the right target market. And um, they will not, since you said they're trying to do something without coders, well, if they're going to need so much use that they care about this, therefore, they will probably use coders. So it means what is your segment right now? Because you cannot know the um, market fit until you define yeah. what is your market. Is it makers? Because I remember in your ad, you had like the names of the different tools. And then you said people who are not aware that this solution exists, when they see those brands, they will not even know what that means. I'll be like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is what I commented, that if you write that, you had words that are for people who don't know what no code is and they're discovering it. But you had like branding for people who know no code, which will be like a mixed message and confuses both people. So who are you targeting more? Like no coders who want to become much better and learn the things that you said, like um, data modeling and all that that is missing for apps or people who have no idea that no code exists and you're going to open this door for them yeah that's yeah, yeah you, you know what that's that's a really good point you brought up i'm still trying to figure out my audience uh, i i haven't uh, completely uh, figured everything out um but uh right now i would say definitely the the course is probably leaning more towards uh makers already existing makers who want to get better because I do bring in a bit of a technical, like sort of a perspective from a technical person, right, of building no code. So uh, yes, it would definitely benefit that. Yeah. The important thing too about that is you have access to those makers. You don't have access really to people who don't know about no code because you can tweet or do something that will reach that market. And the other one, even if it's like perfect and beautiful, I don't think you have a media that reaches corporates who will even know who you are 
or anything. It's good. You know, we're doing the the offer process right now. I like yeah, this yeah. stuff. It's exciting for me. So what is it exactly? Is it like weekly lectures? Because uh, that was my first question, and, I, and we went directly into more advanced stuff. But what is the deliverable? Like, do they get yeah. five weekly lectures plus some um, uh, PDF manuals or I don't know, uh, live lectures, Q&A? What, is the, what are the components that people will get? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I uh, I have I don't I don't have everything set in stone yet, but yeah. uh, it it's uh, essentially it's um, it, they will get uh, weekly lectures, uh, and uh, the whole really the whole course is based around uh, you know this project. So this project uh, that you know you, you're a, a, you know real estate. Uh, so you're, you're managing real estate. You want to list it. You want to manage uh, bookings, uh, messages, leads, and so on and so on. So uh, it's it's very project based in the sense that like I walk them through how to build it uh, from start to finish. And um, there are uh, challenges that I'll be giving them, and uh, I'll also be starting a Slack community so I can help uh, people who are building their own projects. Right. So. That's beautiful. Um, it's it reminds me of Cal Newport, and you know he talks a lot about how true deep uh, work and true learning comes only from creating projects and finishing them. Uh, creation is much much superior to only consumption. So that's actually a really really good thing. And to know something to emphasize, which you talked about the Slack channel. Uh, the the nature of human beings, especially when they learn, is that they begin truly motivated and excited, but then they fall off. Therefore, accountability, if you build it into this, will get people to think, okay, this time I don't have to depend on my weak will, <laughs> you know, because many people believe uh, that, you know, they have tried things and didn't uh, follow through they they're like oh i'm sure i like this but maybe i will uh, i will not do it till the end and that reduces the number of people who will sign up unless you do something to say okay and i'll ensure your accountability by giving you like a, a study group or an accountability partner who will call you and say are you still doing your work let's encourage each other or i will email you every day or every week and say yeah, what are yeah. you up to or anything like that, that will be an element that will increase the value because value is not just the teaching. Yes, tell me, speak, tell me everything. I'm just loving this. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that's actually, that's something I've been debating uh, whether, because, you know, I, I uh, uh, teach synchronous courses and accountability is easier to build in when it's synchronous. Uh, yes. But that's one thing I've been debating, whether to release this course as, you know, completely async Here's the content, you have access to it, or whether to actually make it into a synchronous course with cohorts and a Slack group and, you know, weekly check-ins and, and all this stuff. And I yeah, would I'm say still drip that. it, drip it, because what happened is that when people get a lot of information, it's mm -hmm. called the paradox of choice. It's not only about information. If people get more than three things, if they get four, they get excited and they love it psychologically. But in practice, it leads to no action. 
nobody will do anything because it's like, I don't know where to begin and maybe I begin here and then maybe, oh, this is exciting. It reminds me of another tool. I'll go play with it and then they're lost in the tool rabbit hole and <laughs> they're gone for like two weeks and they're like, oh my God, if I check this course again, I remember how much of a disappointment I am to myself. I'm just speaking because as a marketer, uh, we know that the biggest problem to make in sales is actually to, to this kind of info product sales is that people um, are disappointed in their past experiences because the nature of human beings is that, yes, sometimes we fall off the wagon and we have to return, but people take it as, oh, I fell off the wagon. It means I'm a failure and maybe I, will, I shouldn't even look back at that not to remember that I am not. So I will recommend that you divide it into drip-fed content and have like people um, match as uh, you know buddies that will keep each other motivated so you don't have to do all that work yourself and maybe report in the Slack. But tell me about you. You, you are debating it. Why? Uh, I mean, first of all, uh, this this would be the, the like I said, this is the first uh, more like async content that I release in the sense that like yeah. most of my experience is really in running uh, synchronous boot camps uh, where you have to be there, which uh, is much easier in a lot of ways. Um, I have a question for you. Would you so drip it in the sense? Would you would you would you drip it in cohorts or would you just release the content um you know uh, do you want like what i would do that will be the most perfect it will be more work but i don't know how much did you do this course before in a synchronous way or anything like that no i did not do the course in a synchronous way so uh, okay i will tell you the the truth about life and teaching what (laughs) you think people need to learn that's not what matters to them more often than not because you're not a student you're you're the teacher you're way ahead which means that like we do and no code and all that you have to beta test it what does that mean it means you go uh, tell people i'm opening this course it mm-hmm. will be about xyz and then instead of teaching them first you talk to them about what do they want to learn because right. p- people might want something that is totally different to what you are trying to teach. And often it is. Everybody is mistaken because wh- whatever group you end up with is unique in its own way. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's much better to create it as a, a, a synchronous course that you record based on the feedback and the desires and the needs of a group. And then those videos you release them later as and asynchronous and i love your you're speaking uh, in a very very program uh, coding i've been, you know i began coding in 1996 so uh, i love that stuff but um the other language that we say is like a life course or an evergreen that's what marketers would would say oh, okay so evergreen I, means like it's forever it's like perennial you know yeah Life course versus evergreen. Okay, I've never heard that before. No, we just learned something like, new. That's yeah. for sure. You speak French to parle français. 
Oui, oui, yeah. Yeah, I speak French as well. Yeah. And okay, then not you also speak French, I see. Uh uh yeah, we're actually I, I never I never really you introduced me, but I never really got a chance to uh like where where are you based? Right now, yeah. I am based uh it's it's complicated. I'm really cosmopolitan. If you I were to be a digital nomad, I will say yeah. that I'm kind of partially based in North Africa, partially based in Dubai, partially based in Europe, and, and partially based in Brazil, which I speak the language as well. So, But nice. right now, I am in Italy, so it's uh, 1 a.m., and it's nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. I enjoy <laughs> the calm of the <laughs> nighttime. And yeah. let's focus more. I don't want to speak too much, but this is like exciting yeah. to me because we're, we're going through the offer pro- process. Although, first, mm-hmm. we should begin we should have begun with the messaging uh right. process but the answers come from the people as you already know which mm-hmm. means it's much better to get a small group of people that will be beta testers and then you ask them okay um we're going to do this but what are you most frustrated about or what is your main question about xyz and you will find that it's actually People, what they need is half of what you are planning to teach, and the other half to them is boring, and they don't care about. It's the truth. And we're yeah, here to serve the people, and therefore, to create it like in your lair, like in those movies where there is a mad genius who is creating the machine that will destroy the world, then release it all perfect. That's what many makers make the mistake of doing, rather than doing an MVP, or even better than an MVP, you make to order, which is you have people, you tell them the general idea and let their questions and feedback and what they're struggling with inform what the next sessions will be. And you will end up with a happier group and a more valuable product. Yeah, that's 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 really good feedback. I think um, uh, that 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 is something that I was debating, and I think after speaking to you, I'm definitely leaning on releasing it as a synchronous course, at least at first. Yeah, uh, yeah I, it, it, I I I sort of went into, and, and maybe this is the wrong way to go about it, but I sort of went into this. Um, you know, let me like this is the first course that uh, uh, you know the first uh, course. That I build, I went into it with a mindset of building it as an evergreen course. So yeah. let me build the course and figure out um, the delivery later. But I should, I really need to, uh, you know, as I'm my marketing is not exactly my strong point. So that yeah. that makes me think I really need to actually, uh, you know, flip it around. I should maybe focus more about reaching my audience uh, yeah. and yeah, and then building the course uh, after that. So that's that's a really good point. Um, I agree. But, and let's, you know, yeah. make a quick thing since we began the, in this, which will be the offer that you tell them, come join me to do blah, 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 so that it's yeah. strong. Uh, because another mistake is telling people um, like, okay, I will not mention a name, but there is a no coder who was saying, uh, I am offering a free course in XYZ. And that mm-hmm. was his offer. And actually, it's not because what happened is that people pay you with attention. It, it, even if it's not, it's free monetarily. People right. have so many distractions that to ask them for their attention, which is actually the most valuable thing, it's yeah. not free. You don't just say, I offer XYZ. They'll be like, so what? 
which is why uh, let's work with you. You, let's say, th this offer, clarify it, you will offer a live course that will um, teach people how to create an Airbnb kind of business while you answer their specific questions and um, you know cater to their specific needs so that it's not an autistic which will be the truth it's not an autistic kind of teaching but it's more of an yeah. education and the relevance right now what okay why is no code uh, the, for makers, because you, you talked about how it's superior to coding and all that. But let's say makers don't even know how to code, and therefore <laughs> they, it doesn't matter to them. It's totally irrelevant what can be done through coding. Why is this course relevant to makers today? Yeah, uh, so uh, specifically my course... Um, Rather than uh, you know simply showing you also because another depositioning point that I have is that a lot of the courses that teach you how to build like an Airbnb clone they they only focus uh, mostly on the user experience side, whereas uh, I will also focus on sort of the back end in the sense that like uh, uh, automating uh, sort of w whether it's uh, automating customer support. Uh, you know, uh, monitoring content for, uh, you know, red flags. So making sure nobody uh, puts, you know, nobody's behaving maliciously, maliciously or uploads explicit content or automating emails. So there's all these things that you can connect to it that you actually need to run your business. It's not about just like letting people book. It's like what happens after you let them book. And uh, that is something uh, I, I'm planning to focus on as well. Which I find that uh, I find that a bit lacking because most of the uh, tutorials out there are going to okay, well, this looks like Airbnb, and that's how you build an Airbnb clone. But they don't tend to actually focus on the operational side of running an Airbnb like business or real estate business. Uh, I love that, and it yeah. makes me think that your branding could be like the uh, that you teach no code with the power of code. Or like, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Because yeah, it's like you can say, I, I teach the next evolution of no code, which is the best of coding and the best of no code in one thing. And that will be your positioning, not the depositioning. It's both positioning and depositioning. Right. And it's very beautiful. I mean, I don't know right. what resonates with you because words that are right theoretically if they're not true to you when you say them they don't sound right and therefore right. they don't have power no I I, I I i mean it makes sense it is my positioning and it's also a deep positioning because i find that that's uh i i find that a lot of tutorials in the market you see they don't go that far like uh, in terms yeah. of uh so um, you can make it you know like the sparta 300 of <laughs> no code here <laughs> like uh, yeah, it happens, you know, like P90X and all that. Uh, you can make right. it like we are the uh, P90X. No, I don't think you can use their brand, but no, no, can but I get what say the, the hardest, the most advanced no-code uh, training ever. And people will be like, oh, my God, I love that. That sounds so good. I think yeah, that yeah. can be very good positioning. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I it, it's interesting also like I uh through sort of building for as a developer forcing myself to build um uh, these apps in no code. I'm also like learning how to build plugins as well, right? So yeah, uh, that's also something I could uh, eventually venture into teaching. Uh, you know, teaching makers how to build their own plugins without necessarily. You can use actually even the power of like reality TV and make it um, what we call in marketing a look over my shoulders course, which will be both synchronous and will have that element of them asking you what they need which is like okay watch me this is i'm doing it on live screen in front of you and i'm building it and you can in the chat or after each session have a q a or ask me oh why did you do that what happened there what was that blah 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 and people will be like oh my god i'm watching it's both you know being a voyeur and learning at the same time because the truth is people learn more from watching you do the things rather than lectures. Right. Uh, that's why, you know, in my podcast, I do a lot of storytelling because people learn from experiences. They don't learn from um, data. And that is really a big mistake that many educators may be making. They think right. that humans are like machines. If you tell them that X plus Y equals Z, they will remember it. But all you're doing is... Uh, rote memorization, but learning comes from experience and seeing you experience and do something turns into skill. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. And uh, I, I definitely see that, especially in uh, the bootcamp environment where um, the way the, the, the way the coding bootcamps work is essentially, uh, you know, you're immersed and, and, and we throw you, a, you know, life jacket uh, just so that you don't drown. But uh, you're just constantly, um, you know, you, you're you're really learning by doing. So it's like flipped on its head. I always tell my students, you know, uh, most of the, um, you know, the biggest value you get here is that uh, you can actually uh, be stuck, but only until it is no longer productive for you to be stuck. And when it is no longer for productive for you to be stuck, stuck, this is where we step in. So, um, beautiful. I'm sure this will be wonderful. I've given you a lot of food for thought. And yeah, let's define it. So which one would you like? Okay, so you're offering a live course, the most like an advanced no-code live course for makers yeah. who want to make sure that their projects are fast so that users don't bail on it because it's too slow and so that it's totally like clean code so that they don't have to rework it later because of all the problems that will come up. And what is missing now is urgency, which is already implied since it's a live course. But if you set a date, you say, okay, this will happen on date X, Y, Z. And you you have like some, you get a free email list from anywhere uh, and you tell everybody who is interested, you know, you keep reminding them, um, join here so that when the core uh, course is launched, I will email you all so that you capture that interest because the algorithms don't show everything you post to all your followers so that you know. Right. It just shows the people who interacted with you most recently. And therefore, to have people on email to 
we tell them who are interested to send them when the course is launched will get you a lot more sales than trying to do social media only and end up with just 10% of the potential. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good point. I'm actually planning on shifting gears and uh, starting to work more on, um, you know, like like my like you said, my audience, uh, just the website as well, and start to, so I can start collecting these emails. Um, yeah, yeah and, I, and I'll experiment with a few things. One thing I'd like to maybe uh, try is, you know, uh, learn no code from a CTO or a developer, you know, uh, just so that. Um, uh, I can okay, emphasize and do yeah. do they like okay de- a developer is yeah. beautiful but a CTO just to ask because the culture of mm-hmm. of makers do you right. think they respect CTOs very much just to know uh, yeah me. that's that, I I don't know that's that's a I don't I don't know actually never thought of that because um, yeah. it matters because every group has you know villains and in right. many ways no code is anti establishment. And right. there is nothing almost that represents establishment more than CTOs. Maybe <laughs> Bill Gates is the only <laughs> who's even worse. So yeah. I would say, you know, instead of focusing on who you are, yeah. focus on that the course is like the power of code. Like the most, almost, oh, oh this is beautiful. It's like, Almost code using no code. I think that will be, yeah, because (laughs) it's so advanced. Yeah. Yeah. And then you write the most advanced no code training um, ever released or something like that and make it so. And I'm sure you can because what happened is a lot of people think that makers are babies. So they try to dumb things down too much, but they don't understand that there there are many who actually don't want to learn code or don't have the ability to sit down and look at the screen and write letters all day, but they can be advanced with their uh, no code tools. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You, 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 a lot of, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, right? You, you can understand how to model your data without necessarily learning how to code or. Um, yes. And just yeah. to, to leave you with the final advice, make it, Imagine you're telling your grandma about this. I don't think you'll tell her model your data. It's no. what we learned that even if somebody has a PhD, if you speak to them simply, because only somebody who's really advanced in something can explain it in a simple way, like uh, you know the Feynman technique or or Einstein who said you know things should be made as simple as possible, but no simpler. Therefore, I would say coders will love it. Like, yeah, data modeling, I love that. I do that every day. And no coders is something new to them. So right. uh, you can, you know, if you tell them uh, data modeling, like I said, so what? You can tell them instead words that they understand uh, how to use no code to make your uh, app faster or website or project. and. Yes, and um, avoid the problems, you know, that will happen in the future. And you tell them a few of them. That's it. It's uh, marketing. You know, I love this stuff because it's communication, (laughs) actually. It really is. It's like makers, so many. That's what I said in the introduction. They're so good. They become so good at making their idea reality and all that. But if you don't know the aspects that matter to people, 
and communicate to them in the right way, all you'll get is just silence. Nobody yeah. will care. That's <laughs> it's true. just uh, anyway for people. I will. I will. You know, leave you. Can you tell people where to find you, where to know more, where to learn more about what you're up to, about your project, about all the stuff that you're involved with? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, uh, they can find me on, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Nomadic Spoon. So N-O-M-A-D-I-C-S-P-O-O-N. Uh, if you're interested in the course, it will be at buildnocode.app, which will be up hopefully by the time this course, uh, this uh, recording is out. So, but yes, uh, I'm sure it will be. Me too. By that time, hopefully my newsletter will be out. <laughs> Therefore, we're both <laughs> we're both having having fun. And yeah, yeah uh, you know, I'm starting a new newsletter, so I added that section. But then it makes me, you know, relax a bit about releasing this. In uh, we won't say the date. So, so <laughs> yeah, perfect. Let's not say the date. Let's not say the date today. Yeah. But to the listener. If you rate and review this episode on uh, Apple Podcasts, I will personally give you a full offer consultation and marketing engagement one whole hour on your app, business, or idea so that we make it strong, so that it's received well by the market, and so that the product market fit is already there even before you release it because it's a problem when good ideas fail because they're not marketed proper, properly, and I'm against that. So it's my promise to you. Go to my Twitter, No Code Wealth. Send me a message. I will give you a one-hour consultation, and we will make this work because that's my goal, to make more No Code projects succeed. And thank you, Harris. Goodbye to you. Thank you. It was, uh, and thanks for having me. You're welcome. Mm-hmm.